Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome everybody to another episode of As Told by Nomads, and today's guest is Regina Huber, she's the founder and CEO of Transform Your Performance. Drawn from her extensive corporate experience in six countries, Regina is a transformational leadership coach for businesswomen, diversity, and co-creation advocate. She speaks with a passion for dance. She's the author of Speak Up, Stand Out, and Shine. And she is someone that has, has gone on to create signature and revolutionary workshops. And we're so excited to, to have her on the show and, and help her. And help us rather understand how women can take the lead and improve their CQ and IQ. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, Tayo. I'm super thrilled to be here. You know, we are very much aligned and I'm thrilled to be on your show. Thank uh, you. Oh, well, the, pl- the pleasure is mine. I believe we were introduced by a mutual friend and the person recognized that we both have that, that passion for, uh, tra- you know, transforming relationships across cultures. And uh, that's why I'm excited. I mean... But I know your story. The audience doesn't know your story. How did you become this individual who has corporate experience in six countries, who's helped women become much more of, of the leaders that they can be? And how did you end up becoming a, a leader and thought leader in the space? Well, thank you so much for uh, letting me share. So I started out uh, working at the Boston Consulting Group in, I think it was 1988. And uh, very soon after, I uh, was looking for a, an opportunity to transfer to another country because I, I was always hungry for, you know, to, to travel the world. I grew up in a tiny little village and there was no such thing as diversity or, you know, any of that. So I was really hungry for this. And uh uh, I, I loved dance, but I didn't really have a lot of knowledge around it and all that. So I was uh, very much um, or very eagerly looking for an opportunity to transfer. And the first uh, opportunity that came my way was Spain. So I had to learn Spanish. And very soon I was also, while during the first few uh, two years, actually, as early as the first two years, I was uh, 
promoted to an important management uh, position there. So that was an awesome start, of course. Um, with BCG, I traveled some other countries and, and continents uh, over time, and it was a, a wonderful experience also in terms of the international and global corporate culture, and I learned a lot in that sense, dealing with and, and managing very diverse groups, of course, in those different locations uh, in, um, in the U.S., in Latin America, and in Europe. And... Uh, so that was that was an important part of it. And then I opened my own business in Argentina later on. It was a bed and breakfast. And as a business owner in Argentina and as a woman and a foreigner, you know, you can imagine I had to deal with a lot of challenging situations, right? And one of the most important challenges was also to deal with corruption. And I think, you know, while it wasn't pleasant, it was a huge uh, lesson and it was a great school to, to, to become more powerful and to really learn how to stand for my values and my beliefs, right? Yeah. So that was a big portion of it. And then I, I moved to Brazil and I had my own business there too. And I went through a not so pleasant experience with a business partner, fraudulent business partner, and I eventually had to close that business down, which was quite a tough process to go through because, again, you know, dealing with corruption and, and some other challenging issues, but also because it was a brick-and-mortar business, so I had to basically dismantle everything that I had built up in, in, in a couple of years. So uh, definitely not a very pleasant experience, but, again, huge learning curve, and... Uh, and uh, it's, it's, you know, in hindsight, it's basically why I'm here now doing what I'm doing now. Because at the time, I, I had st started studying holistic healing practices. And holistic healing, when it's truly holistic, it has a lot to do with mindset. So I also started reading, you know, neuroscience books and all these different uh, mindset-related um, materials. And... Uh, Holistic healing helped me through that crisis, to call it something, and um, I came out on the other side of the tunnel much more uh, powerful and aware. I think that the most important word here is awareness, yes. and uh, it really helped me you know, uh, learn a lot, and not only learn a lot, but also become a different person, basically. My confidence at the time was destroyed <laughs> to be quite I frank and I and I had to build it up again uh, uh, from scratch and from zero and that's why I had to come up with some tools that I later also published in my book that helped me even you know get in, in front of audiences like this podcast or or um, or a live audience an in-person audience I should say and uh, and uh, do this work and get it out to the world um, so yeah Thank you. No, there's an interesting thing that comes from uh, pain, you know, and, and a lot of times people can react to that whether by, by running away or by working through it. And it sounds like you've worked through it and you've turned that into um, this amazing platform where you now have workshops, you speak, you consult, and you've taken all the lessons you've learned from all those countries, starting a business, being in a corporate environment, and turned that into, uh, into something that's relevant today. And uh, if we look at the world today, it's so timely. I mean, we live in a time where there's a lot of diversity, yet there's still a lot of people 
that don't know how to transit across that diversity or even communicate across that diversity. There are a lot of businesses and there are people that don't understand the cross-cultural elements of those businesses. So my question to you is, given your experience, what do you feel like the world is missing right now in terms of basic communication uh, skills across those cultures? So first of all, I would like to see a discussion where we change our mindset around the term diversity. Mm. So we talk about diversity as an issue or a problem still. Mm. <laughs> and I think that is that is a big part of it. Uh, immediately when we heard diversity, it's like, oh, we have to resolve something, right? <laughs> yeah. When in reality, diversity is a huge gift. It's a rich gift. And it's, it means that we can all come together with different skills, mindsets, perspectives, points of view, uh, talents, and all these different, you know, really rich resources that we have. We can all bring our very different brilliance together and create something bigger together. That's really the, the meaning or the purpose of diversity, I think. Yeah. And, uh, and, and we consider it still as a society or most companies consider it at, as a problem to solve. And, and I think if we just start thinking in a different way, then it probably becomes much more fun to, to, to bring those diverse teams together and see the benefit in them, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, and you're so right about the diversity. I think a lot of times we, um, this is a term I hate. People, some people say we should be colorblind. And I, don't, I totally don't agree with that because how can you learn how to appreciate diversity if you don't see the color, right? So I think exactly. using things like saying, oh, be colorblind almost takes, gives us this pass where, well, we're just not going to really understand that difference. We're just going to pretend like everybody's the same. And the idea of diversity is that everybody has unique experiences, but it's on us yeah. to actually understand these experiences and see how they think and, not, and they see how we think. And then we come together based on that. So, um, exactly. yeah, no, no. So I'm really, really, uh, uh, you know, I agree with you on that. With your experience. When you first started traveling and all that, what, was, um, what were some tips that you can share with the audience? A lot of them like to travel um, that they can use and apply to themselves as they're trying to ingratiate themselves into new cultures. What things did you make sure you did in each new country that you went to? So first of all, go with an open mind. I know that sounds a little cliche, uh, but it's really important. We have so many preconceived opinions, and, and we don't do it on purpose, right? A lot of it is subconscious. But uh, even when I first traveled to, to countries where I didn't speak the language, I mean, speaking the language is always an advantage because then you can, you know, learn much more in a shorter period of time about the people and the culture. Uh, but even if you don't, just use your eyes and and look around and, and, and try to see the beauty in 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 everything and uh, go and speak to people I traveled a lot by myself in, you know so far so it's really a, an awesome experience to travel by yourself because you're forced to communicate with people which is a good thing uh, you you speak to people find out when you take a cab don't just sit in the cab talk to the cab driver if you you know can uh, and, and if you can put those language barriers aside. Um, there's always a way. <laughs> I remember, you know, my dad didn't, he probably just spoke a few words English, but he always tried to communicate with, with my friends who came to visit me. 
at home and who did not speak the language. So there's a way. Uh, I think that's an important part to go with an open mind and to speak to people, to observe very cautiously and carefully, respect other, other countries and nations and cultures' uh, habits. Right? Don't just trample in and, and, and assume that your way is the best way. Um, there's no one who has the, 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 no one has the absolute truth, right? So everybody has a piece of the truth and it's different for everybody. Yeah. So I think these are the, the most important uh, tips that I would share in this sense. I absolutely love that, especially that, that open-mindedness and just talking to, to strangers in, in new countries. There's that, yeah. uh, I mean, those, those two things alone, I think, <laughs> it would be key. Because if you come in with a preconceived notion, you know, you can set yourself up to be disappointed. Right. Or, yeah, or, or, you know, or your expectations might not be there. But talking to locals is easily the best way they, to just understand the country and the, and the culture. A lot of locals are eager to talk to foreigners, right? Then right. vice versa. So, yeah. 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 Or also, if they have any festivities, any you know, or any any events that he can participate in. Of course, I love dance, so I always like to learn the local dance. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But you might not you might not love dance, but there are other things, right, uh, that are part of a culture. Absolutely, absolutely. No, I, I just I just wanted to to make sure you talked about that. Um, so okay, so all that you did all that, and then. You became this thought leader for, for top female performance. Now, you talk a lot about the importance of us valuing women, and then you even go deeper with co-creation. Can you talk about why you feel like uh, we need to value more of our female leaders? Well, first of all, nowadays, you know, we, we have a business case, right, uh, in general for diversity, but also for gender diversity. There's a business case already. There are studies online and there are articles online that, that point all those uh, important data items out. And it's proven that uh, companies that have more women on their boards perform better financially. So that all this data is online. We don't have to talk about this in detail. But, of course, you know, uh, balanced leadership has a, a long list of advantages. Um, and... Most of the most of the clientele and and the customer base is female, right? I mean, it's it's at least here in the U.S. Uh, all over the world, we're about fifty percent. <clears throat> sorry, fifty percent of the population. But uh, you know, in the U.S., most consumer buying decisions are taken by or made by women. So that's another important uh, fact. Uh, but also, you know, I think. As long as we don't have balance in the world, it's really hard to get to a more peaceful situation. Women bring a lot of um, aspects to the table that are just really important for leadership and that uh, I think it's the same anywhere in any environment really that uh, where there's an imbalance, there, there's more conflict. Right. Yeah. Uh, women bring a lot of those caring um, and and em that emotional intelligence to the table. Uh, typically, uh, we are stereotyping a little bit here, but but that's really, you know, an important aspect of leadership that we need to integrate a little bit more. Yeah. And then in terms of co-creation, you know, we all have different because I really want to also talk to to diversity in general. We all have those different. 
abilities and all that different emotional intelligence. And, uh, you know, also intuition is an important part of it. We, we pay so little attention to intuition nowadays, but it's, it's a really important uh, aspect of listening, of, of negotiations, and of leadership in general. Absolutely. And, and you're so right about the, uh, the, the aspect of just even the, the sheer makeup of the world is, you know, virtually 50% women, 50% men. So even if we're looking beyond that, it's just the right thing to do. It, that should filter up to any top. If it's 50%, 50%, right. that's your representative. But the emotional intelligence is, is, is key. I, I spend my time a lot of times in, in organizations that are looking to improve for diversity, and one of the things that I notice sometimes whenever I'm in, in rooms with just all males, uh, it, it's, you know, you can tell that there's a different energy that, that needs to be injected. And even though they might have good intention, there's a side that they're not seeing because they're too insider and they don't have enough of an outsider perspective. And if you already think like that, you're not going to be able to see and understand the needs of women and to, to help cultivate an environment that allows them to be leaders, whether it's something as simple as maternity leave something as simple as being um, mindful of, of language you use, something as simple as using language in the recruiting uh, process, and how are you going to have that balance if you don't have um, uh, um, female performance in there? Right, and, and also deeply understand the challenges, right? Exactly. Because, I mean, you can only you can listen, but uh, do you really get it? Uh, yeah. So you need to have that representation so true change yeah. can happen. Representation is key. No, I, I love that. Uh, let's talk about your book. You know, this is something you've. This is a labor of love for you. You've done a lot of work with this book. What, what was? The, what is the story behind uh, "Speak Up, Stand Out, and Shine"? Well, it's really about pulling all those exercises and tools that I have come up with, and uh, some of them, you know, I adapted them from other people, of course, as well. But I, these these exercises and tools helped me so much in the process of becoming a speaker just recently, right? Um, so nowadays, people say, "Oh my God, you know, it's uh, you're a natural." I'm not an. <laughs> I'm certainly not a natural. <laughs> I'm also a non-native speaker, so it's a little bit more challenging for us than, than for native speakers. You know, we need to practice more. We need to uh, overcome a bigger hurdle uh, and uh, also enunciate more and pronounce more in all these things so people can really hear us and, uh, and understand us. But um, these tools really help me. Uh, do this and uh, not only in speaking on a stage or in front of an audience situations but also in networking in you know some people have job interviews these are great tools to prepare for a job interview uh, they are ways to prepare mentally physically and energetically because we think it's all most we think most is about the words but it's really not true because our energy precedes our words Right? And our energy oftentimes speaks louder than our words. And uh, we also know that it takes 0.07 seconds for our brain to figure out if we want to trust somebody. So that first impression when you step in front of an audience is, is really important as well. And, uh, or into an interview or into a networking situation. It doesn't really matter. And... Uh, um, you know, they, they, I still use these tools. There are also some ideas, of course, in the book uh, about how to engage your audience, about 
uh, how to uh, cultivate a powerful speaking presence and uh, about vulnerability and uh, all these other aspects that have to do with our, uh, with our interaction with our audience or meeting partners or negotiation partners. It's good. And yeah, it's a great book, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for learning how to speak powerfully in any situation. And I think that's, that's one of the, the great things that you've done in your life experience has taught you is, is, you know, no matter what situation you have, there's some tools that you can always adapt to yourself um, and, and usually, basically use that to translate across culture, which is a lot of what we, uh, we like to talk about here on this Told by Nomads. So, um, right. Yeah. yeah, and it's also a lot about moving through anxiety, you know, that all these tools can really help you. They're simple tools. They're not hard to apply, um, and it's how it's meant to be. And it's, you can find it on Amazon so for Amazon? anybody who's interested. Yeah. Amazon's the place. Uh, oh, no, we'll definitely make sure we put that in the show notes. Um, the other aspect of, of who you are, the, the amazing Re- Regina Huber. Uh, you work with organizations with a lot of workshops and, you know, you've, you've done it, you know, with leadership transformation, with providing leadership tools and with co-creating, which you talked about. Um, and your co-creating is a five-hour workshop. So I'm, I'm <laughs> very, very interested in, in you um, taking us through why these workshops are important to you and which organizations you, you want to talk about, uh, you want to work with more, rather. Yes. So... While some of the workshops are designed for women, I always want to have men in the room. And I actually just recently also came up with another concept for mostly men where I also want women in the room. So it's really about coming together around a table or, uh, you know, in a room and, 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 and work together so we gain greater understanding of each other, of each other cha- other's challenges, and we can support each other better. It's not a, never about one against the other. It's always about coming together, collaborating, and co-creating. Um, one of my workshops is specifically about the powerful leadership training. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Transformation, so that is my, my system, my signature system. And uh, I talk within this system about an, an empowering mindset, a body conscious presence, and your distinctive uniqueness. And when we talk about your distinctive uniqueness, we're again back to that topic about finding and uncovering your own brilliance. So you can then, once you know about your own brilliance, 
appreciate the brilliance in others more easily because it's also about being comfortable with who we are and aware of our own potential. Um, that also helps us then to not feel threatened by others who are different or who are, you know, making it or more successful or whatever it is, right? Yeah. So uh, it's really important to see our own brilliance first. Um, and uh, oftentimes you don't spend enough time on it. Uh, it's also important to to stand out with our unique brilliance, with our distinctive uniqueness, because leaders don't blend in, right? If we want to be a leader, we want to stand out. Um, and uh, the body conscious presence also is really key, not only for speaking. Our body conscious presence has to do with our physical appearance, but also with our physical presence, being present in our body. And that drew a lot of that uh, wisdom from dance and from the holistic healing studies I did in the past. And um, it also has a lot to do with our energy, because our energy and our body and our mind, they're not separate. They are an entity. So that is really also quite important to realize, because many people do not pay attention to their physical and energetic presence. Yeah, yeah. And when we're not centered, you know, our conversation partners pick up on that before we even say a single word, right? Yeah, yeah, no, no. And, and obviously, you, you go more in depth into this. I mean, talking about four, four to five hour workshops, these are valuable right. things. And I, I love the fact that you start from yourself and then you, you, you expand out there because once you have that firm foundation in who you are and how you react to things, it, it becomes easier for you to start to recognize some of these patterns that you might consciously or unconsciously be been, uh, you know, allowing to affect your decisions. Right, and this is how we get to the third element, the mindset, right? It's, it's really about going beyond the conscious. We, we think we know everything about ourselves, but we really need to cultivate that awareness that not, everything is conscious. A lot of our behavior, actually over 95% of our behavior is driven by our subconscious. Yeah. So it's really important to pay attention to our beliefs so we can then, you know, or to our thoughts first and then uncover those limiting or disempowering beliefs that, that, that are holding us back. Absolutely, absolutely. Nah, love it. I'm a big, I keep saying I'm a big fan of the work you're doing. I think it's so important and your experience just adds even more credibility to that because you, you've done it across uh, continents and countries. So uh, your your experience with corporate culture and communication um, is something that I hope will help enhance other people's creativity, but also improve their bottom line. Um, question: You have something called ICQ. Is that how, is that how you say? It? I, yes. I it's conversational intelligence. That's it, I think you might have coined that. What, what is that? I have not coined that. That actually is an expression coined by Judith Glazer and the Creating We team. I studied conversational intelligence earlier this year and added it on to my repertoire. It is the word part, the verbal you know, aspect of my work. So I was talking about body conscious presence earlier, about mindset, about... Um, about uh, uniqueness and all that. And now uh, this is about the words. This is about our verbal communication. 
and it is based on neuroscience. Uh, so we talk a lot about releasing oxytocin as we speak and all these uh, technical aspects of it. But it is also very much aligned with my philosophy and that's what drew me to it. It talks a lot about co-creation as well and about listening to each other and um, and uh, appreciating each other's contributions within a team. So it helps us or it helps team leaders navigate their teams uh, through conversations more successfully so they can then be more effective and it's a very it's it's a largely proven concept that has taken many companies to a huge increase in their bottom line wow yeah no that does sound like uh, that sounds like something that makes uh, communication so much smoother it it does yeah. it is it has amazing tools so uh, it I really love it as, as a complementary tool to what I had have been doing for a longer time now, and uh, I'm integrating it into my into my workshops as well. Okay, okay, all right. So, uh, you know, anyone listening, transformyourperformance.com. I'll make sure I put that in the show notes. This is where you can see basically everything about her, Gina. But also, your book can be found on Amazon. It's also on your website. So, we'll make sure that that's also there in the show notes. So, um, yeah. Anything about co-creating leadership tools, um, conversational intelligence, and transforming yourself uh, as a leader, uh, you're talking to the right person here. I'm, so that's the professional side. What I'm, what I'm also curious about, a lot of listeners here, as uh, you know, they come from you know 150 countries, they are always interested in, in uh, that finding yourself and being comfortable being, being yourself in, in different backgrounds. Uh, it's not the easiest thing to do. Sometimes a lot of us adapt to, to each environment, and that's a good thing. I'm a chameleon a lot of times, but the key, I guess, is finding a way not to lose yourself as you're adapting to the new environment. So I'm wondering if you have any tips on ways to be culturally dexterous. I, I don't know. Do you have cultural dexterity where you can still keep yourself but adapt to make sure that um, you don't alienate yourself in new new environments? Yeah, sure. So I'm I'm very grateful for the opportunity to to grow with all these international experiences, and also even here in New York, you know, the exposure to the the huge uh, diverse environment that I have here. It's it's one of the reasons why I live here. I dance a lot, so I go to a lot of events where I have um, where I meet up with my African friends, with my Caribbean friends uh, most of the time. And uh, I have Asian friends, I have, you know, Australian friends, I have friends from all over the world, of course, Europe as well, where I grew up in Germany. And uh, I have to say, you know, I'm, I'm always going to be German. I mean, there's always a Germanness <laughs> in me that, that I cannot really, I can't really avoid that <laughs> if I wanted to, right? It's just a part of me, but I also have become more complete as a person, I think, I have a, I have taken many things from the other cultures that I like, and you know I can choose really, right? Uh, I don't like all the aspects of all cultures, so I it's it's up to me to to choose what I take on and to also be observant of of what I'm taking on and how I'm growing because in the end it's my own decision. So we are all uh, it's our own free will. While we are automatically. Uh, influenced by our environment all the time, also energetically, we just have to become the observers of our own thoughts and behavior 
And I think that is the critical um, part of it. Yeah, no, I love it. Love it. And then thank you for sharing that. How many languages do you speak? Five and a little Italian. <laughs> Wait a minute. How do you, what, what is the secret? I, I speak, uh, I'm, you know, uh, I like to say two and a half. So English, French, and I'm learning Spanish now. But five, that's, what, what is the secret? Well, you know, my French is a little rusty, I have to admit. I, I still write it really well, but I don't have a lot of practice in French because even my French-speaking uh, African friends here speak such great English that we always speak English, yeah, or my Caribbean yeah. friends who speak French from Haiti, but, you know, most of the time we speak English. But, but um, so English, of course, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been speaking it here. I spoke it in San Francisco when I lived there in, earlier in my life. I, I lived in Spain and in Argentina. Uh, I lived in... Uh, Brazil. I learned Portuguese, which is completely different in Europe. In Europe, but then I changed it to Brazilian Portuguese when I when I moved there. So, so, but I still understand uh, European Portuguese. It's it's mainly also because I'm still, you know, having contact with people from all over the world and from the places I lived before, and and had a chance to practice these languages uh, more intensely. And uh, I, I guess I've always been quite good as, at writing them. Uh, the, the speaking had been always a little bigger of a hurdle in the past. Although with Portuguese, you know, everybody's so grateful when you speak Portuguese because not yeah. many people do. It's different than English, right? Uh, I did study English and French at school and um, during my uh, university studies. And um, But then later on, you know, there were many years when I didn't speak any English at all or hardly any, and I came back after those seven or so years and, and, and had to get back into the language and into the fluency. Now, with Italian, I mostly, I only really speak Italian when I'm in, in Italy. It somehow comes back to me. I don't know. Maybe it's because I studied Latin at school. Uh, but Italian has, if I had studied it, it would have always have been the easiest language for me. Gotcha. Wow. Uh, but I didn't. And German, of course, you know. Uh, German, I grew yeah. up in Germany. <laughs> no, that's good. So, yeah. I, I imagine. So that was easy. German no, was easy. It's not easy. <laughs> I imagine those languages are, are great ways to also connect, right? Whenever you go to new environments. Yeah. 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 That's really cool about them. And, uh, you know, so many places, uh, there's so many places in the world where you speak, where people speak Spanish and, 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 and also uh, quite a few where they speak Portuguese and, of course, English, but in French. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's that's also. Uh, Regina, you're incredible. I love it. Uh, okay. As, so as, are you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. As, as we wrap up here, uh, what are some German stereotypes that aren't true? I'm just, these are fun questions at this point. German uh, stereotypes. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, things about Germans that are not true? Yes, yes. Sorry, yes, there was yeah, a little interruption. No, okay. no, no. From the okay. American perspective, I guess, or the rest uh, of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, first of all, we don't only eat um, sausage. Uh-huh. <laughs> Actually, Germany has a very rich, uh, you know, food culture because it's in the middle of Europe so we get a little bit of everything so that's really awesome we eat very internationally in Europe even in the small villages there's a huge variety if you go into the supermarket you know we're very open Germans I think are very open to to the international experience so that's one thing and we have great bread the greatest bread in the world I have to say this okay a huge variety of bread so if you ever go try it and try them all um (laughs) Then what else? Um, we, uh, oh, I, I would think, you know, many think people think we are closed-minded. I don't think we really think that's true um, or rigid. Uh, we are, you know, Germans tend to be structured. Um, 
I am again saying tend to be because not everybody is. Uh, but I wouldn't say that it is always rigid. I mean, I certainly know a few people who are a little more rigid, but I, I don't think it's a generalization yeah. that's worth, you know, believing. Um, what else can I say? Well, um, hmm. I think these are the two, you know, that I... I or uh, the other one is Germans cannot dance. Well, well you, <laughs> you, you disprove that every day. <laughs> I mean, I would have wished to, to grow up with dance, which I didn't, so I have my limitations, but... Uh, but you know, I'm um, I'm doing my best, and I think I have a pretty good ear for music. So yeah. right. just yeah. develop it over time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that. What about uh, on the um, a lot of things that people don't know about Germany? Germany's strongest economy in Europe, right? Is that correct? I, I believe so. Yeah. Right? And your yeah. Your, yeah, your chancellor does a lot of things. Oh, how? What is the role that Germany is playing in world politics today? Well, you know, uh, I observe world politics in general, so not specifically Germany. I don't. Mm -hmm. I have not lived there for a long time. Although I was back for a few days in in August, I always go back to see my family. But you know, I, I think uh, it has a crucial role in Europe. Of course, you know, it has had that for a while. I also think it's very positive. While you know, I wouldn't necessarily have voted for a party, but it's very positive to have a, a, a female leader who can be also a role model in leading a, a, a big table of men <laughs> oftentimes, yeah. you know, within Europe. And um, and, and have, I have a big part in that leadership, so in that sense, I think it's very important. Um, huh, what else can I say? I mean, you know, I think each country has its role. We all... Uh, again, have a very unique role. I would love to see... I know Africa is on the rise. I deeply don't know that, you know, and, and we see it all the time, and, and entrepreneurs are so, so enthusiastic in Africa, and it's so awesome to see that. They have such an important role. But uh, I, I would just love to see, you know, more respect for some of the continents in all other... Uh, and, and, and the so-called first world or the so-called... Uh, leading uh, economies, yeah. and that's just a personal desire of mine. I hope I see this in my lifetime. <laughs> uh, but I do think that change is happening. Yeah, I, I'm, I agree with um, a lot of things you say. But no, I just wanted you to just touch on that because mm -hmm. the world is bigger than many of us think, and you, uh, you more than anybody, understand that that particular aspect. So I just wanted you to touch on that. Um, but this is the last question before I ask you what the mission statements, uh, the answer to the mission statement question. And we've talked a lot about gender equality, uh, co-creation. I'm curious, what advice do you have for us men? You know, how can we become more inclusive? How can we become more aware of, of these uh, behaviors that are continuing to promote patriarchy? Mm -hmm. uh, so how can we make sure that we, we don't uh, become part of the problem? Yeah, I think, first of all, you know, one of my core values is respect. Um, we, again, it starts with us. How do we respect ourselves so we can respect others more, uh, how should I say, more profoundly, you know, uh, and not just say it. Um, so I, I, I believe that we, again, have to come in with an open mind um, as you said before, I do not want to be colorblind. I want to learn more about your culture. I want to learn more about your challenges. I want to learn more about uh, 
how you live and how you think so then we can come together and 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 create a better team together and uh, I, I think there has to be uh, you know a a forum and an openness to listen to others. I think we should have more of that and also be open on, on all sides, really, right? Because what I also see is that people close up on all sides. <laughs> and yeah. um, oftentimes I, I do move a lot in, in, in communities that are uh, predominantly of color. And I also see a lot of resistance oftentimes uh, uh, in that respect. So we really need to all come together. I, re I realize that it can be challenging and that there can be a lot of resentment because of the past and because of all the things that are still happening. Uh, but we cannot heal and cure our society with more resentment and, and more negativity. Yeah. You know, there's an, a, a collective unconscious, and the more we contribute to that positively, the more change we can bring about faster. Yeah, no, I love it, and thank you for sharing that. That is so true. We we can't promote uh, an environment that that uh, that cultivates fear and hate. That doesn't do anything, and we've got to get right. to the point of understanding. Uh, which is so true. Okay. All right. Um, this is the mission statement of my podcast, Use Your Difference to Make a Difference. It's the foundation of everything I do. So how do you, Regina, use your difference to make a difference? My difference? Well, I uh, try to be as authentic as I can. That doesn't mean I have to disclose everything about me and about my life and about my feelings, but yeah. I try to be as authentic as I can so really, you know, people can... Um, learn from that role modeling and do the same because I think it's really important so we can connect with others on a deeper level. Uh, integrity is another one of my core levels, uh, sorry, core values. And and uh, I also uh, do my best to keep that as a red thread through, throughout my work. I distinguish myself through my talking about or through my passions about um, about um, dance, co-creation, and inclusive diversity. So I want to keep doing that, of course. And I will uh, always be an advocate of, of inclusive diversity, even if I'm, you know, I'm white. Uh, so I, I'm working more in the gender diversity area, but... Uh, my, my personal interest and passion is really overall inclusive diversity. And i working with a lot of other uh, organizations also in that arena. So I do uh, mentoring work in several global organizations. And I just uh, did some work with women and youth in, in Ghana and in South Africa and wanting to do more of that as well. So hopefully that answers your question. It's it um, yeah, okay. yeah. No, it does. You might, you, you, my friend, are a rock star, and, and I can't wait to see what the world has to to learn from you. Where can we find out more about you? My website is transformyourperformance.com, and uh, there's more about my workshops, my coaching, my my speaking, my book. The book is also on Amazon. Again, it's called Speak Up, Stand Out, and Shine. And I'm on Twitter. For those of you who are on Twitter, I'm on Twitter as Transform Dance. 
I am on LinkedIn, of course, as Regina Huber, and I have a Facebook page, transformyourperformance.com. Awesome, 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 awesome. Well, uh, I'll make sure I put that in the show notes, and thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. We've braved this interview through a lot of New York City construction, as you can hear in the background. But, oh, uh, yeah. It's <laughs> but, always present. <laughs> but um, I just want to thank you for spending time with, with us and uh, sharing your knowledge. So uh, it's been a real pleasure. Well, thank you so, so much. Uh, I have been looking forward to this a lot. All right. All right. Yeah, likewise. Well, ladies and gentlemen, till next week, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher.